Hello and welcome to Becker's Dental and DSO Review, January's virtual event, Growth Mindset, Strategies for Bolstering Revenues, Finding New Patients, and Thriving Post-Pandemic. I'm Gabrielle Mason, Assistant Editor at Becker's Healthcare. I'll be moderating today's discussion. The dental industry has faced many challenges over the last year and has the potential to emerge stronger than ever. Today, we'll discuss growth strategies, including revenue and expansion efforts. Joining us today, we have Jody Martin, Chief Marketing Officer for Smile Brands, AJ Peak, CEO of Peak Dental Services, and Elliot Zeibel, CEO for Select Dental Management. Before we get started, I'm going to pass it over and let each panelist introduce themselves a little bit further. So, Jody, would you like to start? Sure. Thanks, Gabby. I'm Jody Martin. I handle all uh, marketing and call center operations for Smile Brands. Um, Smile Brands uh, is a large DSO headquartered out of Irvine, California, supporting uh, approximately 700 locations across 30 states. And, uh, and we're excited to, to talk growth into 2022. We're excited to hear it. Thanks so much, Jody. AJ? How about you? AJ been started this uh, business background, started 14 years ago um, uh, in Colorado with uh, 49 locations throughout Colorado and Texas, general dentistry and specialty focused. About 60% of our docs are kind of an ownership model. Thank you so much, AJ. And Elliot? Yeah, Elliot Zybel, I started Select Dental Management in 2018 with a close friend of mine who's a dentist who uh, uh, I've been friends with since I was five years old. Uh, today, we support uh, 40 practices in eight states and over 100 doctors, and we've grown uh, via acquisition and via a, a partnership model. We refer to ourselves as a, as a dental partnership organization. Right. Well, again, thank you all so much. Um, we're so excited to have you all. Um, and with that, I'd love to just jump right into the conversation. Um, Elliot, I'll direct this question at you. What is your key focus in 2022? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we certainly plan to continue to grow via acquisition. Uh, so we plan to do uh, over 20 affiliations or partnerships in uh, 2022, which is pretty consistent with what we did in 2021. But most importantly, honestly, is not just the, the, the partnerships or acquisitions. It's really, you know, how do you add value or drive growth thereafter? So to that end, we're really focused on continuing to build out our infrastructure and support services. Uh, we're really excited about our uh, proprietary data analytics platform that we'll be launching pretty soon. Um, that's really going to give us a lot of improved analytics and insights that we can use to even further improve patient experience and, and patient care in our practices. So that's definitely something we're excited about for, for the year. And I think uh, from an operational perspective, we continue to focus on driving uh, growth in, in the number of active patients, which is um, patients that have been in the practice over the past 18 months, as well as what we call pre-appointment rates, which are percentage of those active patients that have a future appointment scheduled. Um, driving active patient growth is the key to sustainable growth for any practice and something we're, we're very focused on. And Jody, I saw, did you have something to add or I'd love to hear about your 22 focus at Smile Brands? Sure. Well, I would uh, echo some of uh, Elliot's thoughts in that, um, you know, in 2022, we are very focused on same store growth. Uh, while uh, acquiring new affiliates is, is always something that's going on, same store growth is really 
um, what's what's important for this year. And one of our big initiatives in that regard is the continued rollout of uh, dentist uh, general dentist team training around some expanded services and advanced treatments. So we've got a lot of efforts going around um, uh, training up general dentists in in the area of implants as well as clear liners, uh, endodontics, and then expanding our periodontal therapy business. Um, but that those are some, some key initiatives for us, as well as streamlining systems and processes. That's always important for us in terms of support services, and we'll be consolidating a number of practices onto sort of a new cloud-based um, practice management system that has improved workflows, online account management and some other bells and whistles that will streamline, you know, patient handling. I know across the board, I've heard a lot and you both um, have underscored this, the importance of tech and AI and analytics uh, going into 2022. Um, AJ, what is your key focus and what do you expect will be some of the biggest challenges? So similar overlap, there's three things for growth for us is definitely uh, continued acquisitions in new markets for us. So we really try to get 20 locations in a 15, 20 locations in a dense kind of market. That's a big area of focus for us. Uh, specialty capture, we stand up independent surgical clinics where we have density and that's a second big part of growth for us. And then third is just provider engagement. Um, and the best way for us to have engagement is just more ownership and expanding the ownership of our specialists in general dentists is a big effort for us um, uh, in, in the new year. In terms of uh, challenges, uh, it, you know, to state the obvious, the current variant, it, it's not so much the livelihood of our, our staff, although that's important, it's just labor outages right now is challenging and managing, you know, whether it's five days or 10 days, staff being out either due to themselves or family is just requiring new operational thinking and mindset uh, to kind of keep open. And I'm curious, I know this is an industry-wide and healthcare-wide and even just worldwide nope. <laughs> issue, um, but Jody, um, what is Smile Brand seeing with those challenges related to those challenges? What are you guys doing about that? Yeah, well, very similar to, to AJ, our biggest challenge as we enter this year is, you know, outages, uh, driven by the variant and uh, staffing shortages. So, um, you know, we have uh, really beefed up our recruiting efforts. We've added manpower and marketing in those areas to make sure that we're seeing candidates, getting candidates through the system faster than ever before. And, um, you know, it's just a, it's just an ongoing focus for sure. And, and making sure that all the people that are on staff currently, we're, we're retaining them. And can you speak just briefly to some of those retention efforts? You know, how do you ensure you retain the staff you have? Well, you know, the, our team has, has really rallied through, through the pandemic. For the last two years, people have just stepped up and, and we've done a lot to make sure that people feel safe, uh, safe uh, in their working environments, safe and supported uh, in, um, as well as, you know, just feeling like this is a place they feel comfortable working for many reasons. And so we continue to, to push on that and then to, 
provide flexibility to have people, um, you know, deal with the issues they're facing. I mean, this is a scary time for many in terms of having to juggle, you know, school closures and other things with their work life. We've got to be as flexible as we can while, while also uh, keeping, keeping the doors open. And so that we've been working closely with our teams in each market to make sure that we you know, juggle staff the way we need to, to make sure that everybody can, you know, live their lives as well as, as serve our patients. Definitely, it's a extremely challenging time across the board. Um, Elliot, was there something you'd like to add? No, I think it's, 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 it's the same. So I think uh, AJ and Jody covered it well. Okay, well then I'll direct the next question to you, Elliot. What kind of practice owners and characteristics do you look for in potential acquisitions or affiliations? Yeah, I think the first thing you know, we look for is really cultural fit and values fit because in our model, the doctors retain a you know, substantial amount of ownership and they're, they're committing to a long, uh, a long time period to, to work with us. And so it's really akin to a marriage. Uh, and so if we're not all aligned with what success looks like and how we become successful or more successful, then it's just, it, it, you're destined for failure or for challenges. And so that's really a big part of it. Um, when we get more to the kind of qualitative or quantitative components of it, you know, we're growth oriented, you know, again, we want to drive really same practice growth um, by improving, you know, care experience and outcomes for patients. And so we want doctors that are the same that see the potential in their practice and believe in that, that potential. Um, we wanna see high uh, patient retention rates and team member retention rates, because we think, you know, a, a retention of, of team and patients is, makes this a lot easier of a business to manage than having a revolving door uh, of team members and patients. Um, you know, we look at demographics, we wanna make sure we can recruit um, in that area and, 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 and competition is favorable and, and there's some level of population growth. Um, and we look for, you know, some tangible opportunities to add value well and to grow, you know, can we increase chairs, clinician days, you know, scope of services, as AJ touched on, um, to provide more comprehensive care for patients under, under one roof. Um, and, and there are obviously those, you know, size requirements that we all have, you know, our average practice is uh, two doctors, eight ops and two and a half million in revenue. Um, and so, you know, we, we certainly have some that are smaller and some that are bigger, but, um, you know, I think that's sort of the, the general size that we're targeting. Well, thank you. I appreciate you including that information uh, specific to your organization. I know we have differing organizations here. Um, AJ, what are some red flags that you keep in mind as you expand? What's something that if you see a practice owner does um, or a sign that you're really like, doesn't necessarily fit our culture? It, perhaps unique to us. It's not necessarily it's a bad thing just for our fit for us. Um, it, it's probably three things. One, with nothing against Medicaid, but we're just not a, a big HMO Medicaid place. Um, I, I think you can be very successful with it, but that's not us. And for our model, we're not, certainly dentists can do, you know, all kinds of different dentistry, but if it's a superhero dentist, is wildly productive and they're looking to retire in a year or two. Um, it gets really tough to, you know, take on that business because it's very hard to replace them. Um, it's a lot of pressure on the group and probably not a good fit for us. Um, if they're just, you, know, you can't replace them. Um, and then larger groups for us, uh, you know, just loose relationships with their associate dentists, um, you know, going back to Elliot's comment about culture, 
you know, it's a, a red flag if it's kind of a, a revolving door of dentists in a group um, for us is, is a concern, a red flag. Definitely. So looking at those kind of turnover rates a little bit. Um, Jody, some red flags. What are some main reasons that you don't want to necessarily partner with an organization? And on the flip side, what are some main reasons that you hear from new practices citing who want to join Smile Brands? Well, on the red flags front, you know, as, as the others have mentioned, you know, cultural fit is is huge and in in alignment of goals. So you know, we're looking for for affiliates that that want to grow their business and are um, are aligned in terms of how that would happen. And so we have lots of detailed discussion going into um, a potential deal on how you know where are the opportunities to earn growth, and then do we see eye to eye on that? If they do, then and and we they're willing to sign up for what we see as the growth opportunities, then it, it can be a, a great marriage. If, if they don't, then it's probably not, not the right fit. Um, and then there's just some fundamentals in terms of the strength of the practice, the size, the, the, the size of the patient base and the growth of the patient base and the strength of the team are all things we look at. Um, in terms of why people choose Smile Brands, um, you know, mostly it's, uh, it's because they are interested in expanding or accelerating the growth of their practice and, and they feel like we're a partner that can get them there. Um, clearly, everybody who joins up is, is interested in taking advantage of the administrative support services and simplifying their business. Um, and so, you know, we, we spend a lot of time just getting them up to speed on, on where we can add value and, and what, what we'll take on you know, on day one, day two, day 10, uh, after they join up. And then, you know, it's, it's not as talked about as much, but there's, there's a benefit. And most of the people that affiliate with us are just interested in joining a community of like-minded providers and getting to be part of something where, where they can continue to learn and grow their careers. So oh, I'm hearing the community, and then I saw AJ and Elliot, you, both of you nodding along when Jody touched on um, simplifying and growth. Um, Elliot, do you have anything to add? What are some main reasons new sites um, or new practices join? Yeah, I think our model, again, being a partnership model, uh, I think there's, we offer sort of the benefits of being in private practice, that level of autonomy and unique identity uh, that I think creates, you know, successful practices. And, and then plus we offer the ability to benefit from the resources of being a, affiliated with a larger group and, and, and of like-minded practices and doctors and that sharing of best practices, whether it's operational or clinical. Um, you know, our focus is, is not cookie cutter. So we're very customized in how we sort of approach um, what levers to pull or what opportunities there are for growth in the practice. Um, so I think our model is 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 well suited for for doctors that you know uh, want to retain the identity of what they've built, but are also you know growth oriented, and and, and that's sort of the reason I think that that uh, that we've grown in, in our markets. And AJ, I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, do are there any differing reasons that practice site for wanting to join Peak Dental? 
I, th I think I agree with everything said with Jody and I love it. I, I think it, it's the perfect marriage when you can do three things simultaneously, which is less stress, taking advantage of the sports services, greater financial freedom. Um, you know, they generate more wealth um, and then they get the collegiality. And if you can pull off those three, um, it, it's a great, it's a great business value proposition and uh, it's a really good fit. Hard to do, but it can be done. And I think when, when you can pull off all three, it, it really, um, yeah, it generates a lot of win-win uh, for everybody uh, in, in the group. A lot of uh, marriage references in, in the DSO <laughs> conversation. I haven't heard this before. <laughs> um, Jody, I'll defer to you as our marketing expert here. How are you reaching new patients? Thankfully, the largest portion of our patient base comes from referrals. So um, I always like to say, you know, if we're doing our job right, we, we hardly even need marketing. Uh, the, the patients will just come because they're so happy with the care they're telling their friends and family. Um, uh, aside from that, we, we are using, you know, the traditional tactics. So there's a lot of digital marketing as well as uh, traditional postcard mailers and that sort of thing. Uh, the, the, the thing that's gotten a lot trickier in the last couple of years is, um, you know, just uh, we have 700 practices, yet we can't have a one-size-fits-all marketing program. And we, we're, we're trying very hard to, to attune our, our uh, marketing efforts and, and the amount of marketing we're doing based on the conditions in each location and the need for new patients versus current patient uh, recall and stuff. So, um, so that's, that's probably the, the newest challenge we're tackling is who's, who's got the most capacity and need in making sure we are allocating our marketing dollars correctly based on that need. And I'm curious, I'm not sure how big of a problem this is, um, but are patients scared to come in? I know you're saying um, a lot of your um, patients are mostly referrals. How has COVID um, factored into um, patient flow? Well, it's definitely ebbed and flowed uh, throughout the pandemic. So obviously when you know everything happened in March of 2020, patients were, were definitely scared as were staff. And so, um, you know, luckily Smile Brands kept our locations, many of our locations open throughout the entire pandemic. And that, that forced us to, to really solidify our safety protocols like on day one and, and convince uh, staff and patients that, that they were safe. So we, we communicate our safety protocols on all our welcome calls and on our website and on our you know email and text communications. So there's a lot of ways we reinforce to them all the things we're doing to keep them safe. And the track record has been outstanding. Really, we're not aware of patients who have contracted uh, the virus in our offices. Um, that being said, the last couple of weeks have, uh, you know, the no-show levels have been pretty high. So I think people are, are particularly spooked at the moment, but um, we're expecting that to be pretty short-lived. Yes, I was going to ask, and I'll, I'll direct this question to um, Elliot. We'll see if across the board this stands true. How are you reaching new patients, especially during this surge? And what are some of the trends you've seen um, more recently? Yeah. Well, on the new patients during the surge, I think it's I think we're all 
focus on maintaining what we what we have uh, less on 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 the growth component at, at the moment. Um, you know, we for for new patients, I mean, again, referrals are going to be our largest source as well. Um, and and really, Google placement, I think that's the 800 pound gorilla. If you can, you know, be organic SEO search rankings, be strategically placing Google Maps, a disproportionate percentage of clicks are going to obviously those those practices and whether you're there organically or via paid search, that's been the, the, the I think the, the largest share of our marketing spend. Um, we also do other verticals like direct mail and, and TV and, and, and some other channels more intermittently and some third party sources like, you know, ZocDoc, et cetera, to, to drive patient growth. Um, you know, I think the one thing that Jody touched on a minute though, is like everyone always talks about new patient growth and, and um, you know, oh, how many new patients do you have? Oh, I've got 25 a month, I've got 50 but then they don't look at the other side of it. Like how many patients are you retaining, right? And so I think that the focus on active patients is important because, um, you know, there's there's times where you might, like, especially during COVID, you know, there's a lot of lost patients that have fallen out of the system that need to be reactivated. And if you're not capturing that, it's way less expensive to, to reactivate existing patients and to go out and find new ones. So, so we focus a lot on that reactivation effort as well uh, to grow our active patient count. Um, and I'd love to hear you just go into a little more of that reactivating, you know, what does that look like? Yeah, I mean, it, it starts with, it's interesting. So if you look at the percentage of patients in an average practice in the U.S. that have a future appointment that have been in over the past 18 months, it's about 50%, right? And, and that's a combination of reappointment rate. Um, are we reappointing the patients before they leave? And then what's happening when they cancel? Because we know people cancel and, and are we, you know, do we have a system uh, invisibility to be able to reactivate those, those folks? Is there somebody accountable for those metrics in our practices? If we can't see it and we don't have ownership around it, it's not going to be dealt with. So, so um, you know, we have internal efforts, you know, in the practice. We also have external es uh, efforts internally supporting our practices that, you know, go out to reactivate patients that are either past due for recare or have in our system technically become lost that haven't been in for 18 months or more. And we track those metrics and we track pre-appointment rates and active patient growth. And there's some accountability around that at our practices. So that's the way we've, we've really managed that. Um, it's, it's one of the key, to me, it's probably the, the, the easiest way to drive growth in a, in a dental practice is to focus on retention because it's really hard to fill up a bucket with a big hole in the bottom of it, no matter how many new patients you throw in. That's very interesting. So like investing in those, the accountability and transparency in that follow-up process, that retention process. Um, AJ, I've seen you nodding along. Um, how are you reaching new patients right now? Uh, very similar. It's hard to go after these two folks. But I'd say we just try to really focus on the customer experience, which, you know, begets better Google reviews, which helps you know, the referrals and people finding us. And I'd say that just is something we really focus on and, and measure and, and benchmark internally on the customer experience front, because if, to Elliot's point, patients come back, they, they share their good experiences and it, it really um, creates a nice flywheel. Um, uh, also agree, like we're actually strategically dialing back advertising dollars, mostly due to just with labor outages, we, we want to take care of the patients we got and and um, uh, try to just those that are healthy and our staff that are healthy take care of what demand we have. So we're actually being a little strategic 
you know, just being mindful of how many dollars we spend um, in advertising given the current conditions. So I, I think I'm hearing from all three of you, you know, the growth mindset this year will have a lot to do with retention. I know you all are great experts in your field, and I'm so glad that we had this discussion today. Um, I'd love to hear one key takeaway, a final thought, key piece of advice on growth strategy um, this upcoming year from each of you. Um, Jody, we'll start with you. Well, um, I guess, you know, during the pandemic, Smile Brands has increased our footprint by 75% with the acquisition of Midwest Dental. Uh, and others. Uh, we also we have a strong pipeline of uh, interested partners also looking to, to come into the fold. But really, just to reiterate, our focus for 2022 uh, is, is helping our, our current patients thrive, our current practices thrive, um, with, by shoring up staffing, uh, adding additional services, and streamlining processes. We think that's that's really what it's all about. This is the year that we, you know, kind of switch our mindset from, you know, maintaining to growing uh, in, in our current practices. So really ensuring that that foundation is extremely stable so you're able to grow on top of it. And Elliot, what's a key takeaway for us? I mean, my key takeaway just, and I was going to say this prior, but I think it's consistent with Jody and AJ are saying is that you know, the best way to create a strong foundation for whether it's a single practice or your organization is to have a culture that's truly focused on providing great care and patient experience. If you can get that part of it right, everything else falls into place from the, the you know, new patients right through referrals, doctor, patient retention, people feel good about coming to work every day. That's the common denominator that we see of successful practices and organizations. Is, is, is strong culture and strong retention rates of, of people. And, um, you know, I think that is really the, the ultimate driver of growth and profitability is really that focus. And I think, um, I think that's the, the key takeaway as you kind of listen to everyone on this call is making sure that you have that, that flywheel or mousetrap in place and it's genuinely focused on the patient because if it's not, um, I think everything else, you know, sort of falls apart. Um, and if it is, I think, you know, it's pretty easy to, to, to kind of be efficient in delivering that care or to improve efficiency, but it, there, there's no substitute. If you start with focus on EBITDA or profit, or I think it gets lost in translation and you're not going to get the outcomes that you want. Thank you so much, Elliot. I think you all have such uh, complimentary views that really build off each other. And I uh, know our audience will appreciate it a lot. AJ, final thought? Completely agree. Culture's king. We don't make anything. We're a service business. It's people doing business with people. And so I, I couldn't agree more. Great. Again, I want to thank our three great panelists for their insight today, along with our attendees who were able to join us. Um, thank you so much for making time to be a part of our event and be sure to check out our other amazing sessions that we have going on. Thanks again. We look forward to seeing you at our future events.